Have you ever had the feeling of complete hopelessness? You feel like it is what it is. There's not much I can do about it. That does not have to be the case. There are people who take what seems like an exhausting, hopeless task and with the right attitude and stamina, turn it into something that can be managed. Today, I bring you an interview with my sister who has been battling food sensitivities for several years. Rather than throwing up her hands and giving up and accepting the fact that she will always suffer, she has been on a two-year journey to regain control of her body. She still could not tell you that she's 100% perfect, but she has leaps and bounds from where she started. If you would like to gather hope and follow an inspiring food journey, tune in. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. We are on to episode 65, Inspiring Hope with Food Sensitivities. We're going to talk about food sensitivities today, but probably not how you would think. (laughs) The point today is to bring motivation and hope to those struggling and working their way through this investigative process. And did I mention that it is an exhaustive investigative process? When individuals first find out that some of their food choices might be causing GI discomfort, meaning gas, bloating, and other issues, there is this initial fear that a favorite food may be going away forever. The fear of how am I going to omit enough food choices to even discover which one's bothering me? Life is changing or needs to be changing and there's so much effort and hard, so much hard wrapped up in and all of that. So I bring you an interview today that can give hope, not only in the food sensitivities category, but also how we could look at other reasons why our food choices may need to change, whether that's for health reasons, weight loss, you name it. Our interview takes you through the process of change, the importance of resources, and the expectations of trial and error. As you listen, I just want you to feel free to put on your own view your own lens and how this advice might meet your dietary needs or give you that boost that you need to go grab some professional help, you know, if and when it's needed. I always say this, but we're making our journey our own. There's no perfect advice, but I think through stories is when it gets really awesome that you're like, wow, that worked for somebody else. Maybe that would work for me, or maybe that's my next step, or maybe... I wouldn't have been open to that before, but I can't believe that worked for them. So maybe I should stay open to it. So I like bringing you this kind of stuff because hope is important. So I am so excited because I get to bring you someone near and dear to my heart for this inspiration today. My sister, this amazing woman, has been pouring love onto fifth and sixth graders for over 20 years. When she's not teaching, she's a hands-on mom. I always love when my kids go over to her house because... 
she, especially when they were younger, she'd always have crafts ready to go for them and meals planned for the day and snuggle time with popcorn and movies. She's also super awesome about capturing all these moments with photos. She's just that person that's great about snapping the photos. And then she'd send them out at text at the end of the night and they were all perfected and it just was this beautiful summary of the day so so fun my sister she's a few years older than me just two and her kids therefore are a few years older as well and I I cannot tell you how much I appreciated her parenting advice she was close enough to where I was that it just felt really real It was always this gentle way of giving me different ways to look at how to approach a need, whether that need be sleeping advice or taking a passy away, you know, all the stressors when you're in those phases and you feel like your kid's going to go off to college one day with a passy in their mouth. I love that she had already been there and had done that, and it was in this time that I was struggling. So, man, I feel like talk about bonding. So fun facts, I come from a very musical family. My mom was a choir teacher all the way really through my eighth grade year. I always laugh when I tell people this, but my mom and my sister, they have these amazing Broadway voices. And then there was me. I'm blessed. I have... I have a, a little bit of a voice, but I'm like the bar singer and the bar rat, you know, and here they are, these like gorgeous Broadway tunes come out of their vocal cords. So I admire my sister too, because she, even as a mom of two and teaching full time, has still been able to put her passion into practice. She and her husband both enjoy performing in these off-Broadway productions. And even with all the crazy and the chaos going on, they have both done their own shows and figured out how to do it where one does a show and the other one takes the kids and the work and and then vice versa. So it's really cool. Just my sister is really good at filling her passions, soul-filling, and even as a mom mothering souls you know like our mothering souls need just as much soul filling as we did before being mom so I appreciated that as a role model as well I even remember times I appreciated this that because I worked part-time and she was obviously full-time but I had sometimes this guilt like I would get let out of work early and I was like should I go get my kids from daycare or should I take advantage and take a little me time and she was just always that person on my shoulder being like hey your kids don't know any different. That's their normal day. Like, go take you time if you just need to even, like, walk around a park or walk in the mall for a second. Go do it. Enjoy it. It's your time. It's carved out. And I was just, thank you. Thank you for giving me that permission to go do that, like, guilt-free. So just those moments that set deep in your soul and you're like, wow, I needed you. Um, Yes, my sister's a good friend. She's a mother. She's a daughter. I'm so proud to call her my sister, and I cannot wait to bring you her advice and her wisdom today. So please welcome Kim. All right. Hey, Kim. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We have sunshine in Arkansas. What is Ohio like? Oh, it's yucky today. We've had sunshine the last like three or four days, aside from a couple of storms. But today it is back like in the upper 40s and gray and chilly. The sunshine has been wonderful, especially with being stuck at home. Yeah, no kidding. So everyone knows this by now, but you're my sister. (laughs) And I'm so excited. I've been wanting to get you on forever. And I can't believe it's taking coronavirus to make it happen. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but we'll do it. (laughs) We will do it. We both get to go hide in a room and let our kids figure it out, right? Yes, we do. (laughs) 
So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, backstory is I am married to Ethan, who we call MacGyver because he's able to fix anything and everything. Um, we have two kids. Brayden is 12. I almost said 13. Um, he just turned 12, sixth grade, huge soccer buff, and recently has really gotten into lacrosse. So we're learning a whole new sport. And then Kennedy just turned nine and is loving piano, um, was hoping to get started on volleyball this spring, but all of that is on hold right now and has recently discovered a love for theater, which runs deep in my blood and Ethan's. So, and really all the way back into mom and even our grandmother. So that's exciting. She's loving it. She's in a show right now called Lion King Jr., but obviously that's all on hold too. So yes. we'll see where that takes us. But you and Ethan met in a show. We did. Ethan and I met doing Gypsy, which is kind of a cute story because we were both in the ensemble and the guy's ensemble was only in the first act and the girl's ensemble was in the second act. So it wasn't until rehearsals started coming together, like in production week that we ended up being at the same rehearsals at the same time. And so we actually had a whole bunch of friends in common. We just hadn't met one another yet. Yeah, I love it. And he proposed at the end of a show and it was amazing. He did at the end of You Can't Take It With You. I was so excited because both of our families were coming on the same night. I couldn't believe what good fate that was only to find <laughs> out that it was not fate at all. <laughs> he had arranged the entire thing and I was completely clueless. <laughs> it's amazing. I actually stumbled on those pictures the other day. I was like, oh my gosh. That's babies. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our um, theater, well, one of the guys that's always done a bunch of the YouTube videos for all the shows is starting to repost all of the productions from the last however many years. So I actually pulled the Wizard of Oz one the other day and sent that out to my students and said, if you're bored, you can watch Mrs. Bryant play Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Oh my gosh. No, send it to me. My kids and I, I will. Watch that okay. Yeah. I sent Susical to Kevin and Jan the other night and they watched that as well. <laughs> can I post it out when we go live on our podcast this Friday? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of my Dorothy sister. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I, I guess let's go teacher mode for a second. Mm. How long have you been teaching? This is my, I have to think, this is my 20th year and I've spent all but four of that doing fifth grade. I did sixth grade for the first four years, learned that fifth graders don't roll their eyes as much <laughs> and are not quite as into the opposite gender yet and still like their school and teacher and everything. So fifth grade has been my home for a long time. I've had a lot of the same people on my team. So it's been awesome. We're a very close group. And um, this last part here, being from home, has really been a challenge and interesting at the same time. We have kind of a tricky group this year. Um, all of the kids that I have, I love individually. My homeroom group is an awesome group, but the other group that I have can be quite a challenge. So it's actually been kind of fun to be able to enjoy them all in a different setting and not have to deal with any of the behavior mm -hmm. issues. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Yes. yes. So you're finding some true enjoyment out of this. I style. am. I am. I wish I had a little easier contact with the kids. I mean, I can, I've been calling and talking with parents um, and the kids and I can email through our, um, it's called canvas, which is kind of like a Google classroom setup. But um, 
the couple that I haven't been able to connect with quite as much. If they have, I, I really need to reach out and get parents and see if I can like have access to their kid's phone number. Cause I think mm. that if I could talk to them directly, they It'd would hop so. right on board. They're used to that in the classroom, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that piece, that's where I feel a little out of touch, not being able to have those one-on-one conversations with right. kids that need a little extra push. Sure. So I, I think, you know, there's been a lot of my, niche is mamas, um, and dads, some dads, I was thinking it would be really helpful from hearing from somebody who's like living it as a teacher, you know, for those parents out there, I'm, I'm thinking direction, not perfection here. Mm-hmm. That is there anything that you can be telling those parents who are stressing because they're now thrown into right. the teacher mode? Not well, I could it. tell you immediately on your direction, not perfection, that I had an entire schedule all laid out that Kennedy and I actually came up with, with all of our extracurriculars and chores and everything else. And we haven't paid attention to that schedule once. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, right. doesn't, it doesn't happen. I, we are, we have set um, the routine that the kids have to be up by nine and starting their schoolwork. Um, that's not an issue with Kennedy at all. She's up early with me anyway. Braden, I've had to wake up, but he has hopped right out of bed. But that's really helped. Talking with some other moms in the neighborhood, um, they're really struggling because their kids are almost getting on to like uh, having their days and nights mixed oh. up right now. They're staying up too late and then they're getting up later, later and later every day. And that's become a real problem. So I do think if I've done one thing right so far, it has been set the time that that's going to start. Um, right now, the district that my kids are in is only pushing out an hour's worth of work every day. There are some extra optional things, but for Brayden, if it says optional, then he doesn't have to do it in his oh, mind. Yeah. So yeah. we're hoping now as we go into this next month that they are going to be receiving a little more personalized work as well. But I, I'm really blessed. I have two kids that are pretty self-sufficient. So aside from having to help with some login information um, and not even really task management. They've done really well on their own so far. But again, we're only like a week and a half in. So right now it's still kind of fun and new. Um, right. But we're not stressing about it here. And I'm trying not to, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if they're not getting enough, you could put other stuff on top of that. And I'm like, well, that that's not necessarily helpful because then that creates an unfun school mentality for them. And both of them love school. So Mm -hmm. we're just kind of riding that wave right now. My school day as a teacher really does take a decent amount of time, but it is uh, probably more than an actual school day if you were to put all the hours together, but it's not a consistent like straight seven hours straight. Sometimes I get up in the morning and a lot of times and I'm working on stuff, you know, before the kids are even up. And then while we're watching TV on the couch at night and, you know, it's, it's filling in in little spots. And aside from meetings and having to be available to answer emails, there is an opportunity for me to step aside and help the kids as they need it. Sure. I think that's important for our listeners to hear on that. And too, that like your teachers are doing, I've noticed them, the quick responses through emails or text on my end from our teachers. You're like, you're on like you right. said. Yeah, we are on. We have official office hours from mm-hmm. 8.30 to 11.30 where we should be responding, not immediately, but relatively mm-hmm. quickly. Um, and our afternoons are slated for like our meetings and our planning and grading time. But like I've told my parents, you know, you send me an email whenever I'm going to see it. And if as soon as I see it, I'm happy to give you the feedback that you need. I have a lot of students that email me surprisingly after like nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. 
So that would just that. confirm that whole, I know it's crazy, yes. but yeah. And then I don't email them back until the next morning. Um, I am trying to be careful not to email back immediately in the evenings because I don't want my families to think that I am a 24 right. hour a on call person. So I'm trying to do a lot of that answering back in that morning time and then in the afternoon as needed. But I have heard other parents that are working home from home also talking about like, um, having like a little red or a green piece of paper. And so that if they're in like a conference call for work, they put the red on top so that their kids know you can't interrupt me right now. I'm on a phone call. And if it's green, then it's an okay time to ask questions. No, that's, um, that's good. Cause I do know from personal experience, my two like to pop in, in the back of Oh, sure. You know, our virtual meeting. Sure. So they can see their face on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is my funny thing that happened today. Cause I think I told you this, Nick, my husband took over my office space and that's okay. where my printer is and all of that. And so today I go in cause I needed to print off stuff for Lucy and I noticed he was on a zoom call for work. Right. And so I dropped to my knees and started crawling <laughs> behind him to get to the printer. And he looked at me and pointed at the screen on the computer. You could totally see me. <laughs> like he's like everyone can see you just stand up just <laughs> you're like, like sorry <laughs> at least you, i hope you were dressed please tell me you were dressed <laughs> enough you know like i, I maybe pj dressed but I was that's just, all right we had a staff meeting the other day and everybody had their cameras like blanked out except for our administrators oh, and no. they were supposed to have their microphones off but somebody did not and they were eating chips oh and it was no. this obnoxious like you could hear the bag crinkling the chips it sounded like they were on top of the microphone and finally <laughs> Somebody had said in the chat, like, whoever's eating chips, your mic is on. Well, that didn't do any good. They weren't looking at the chat part of it. So finally, one of our more obnoxious teachers was like, dude, whoever has the chips, turn your microphone off. <laughs> and then it stopped. But you know, somebody was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but my favorite, I can't not laugh on all of the Zoom call type things because mm -hmm. We did small group like that last night with our church group. And some of them are like their noses in the screen. Some of them <laughs> you can only see from like eyeballs up. Yeah. Um, Mima like got up and left at one point and Sunny was like, oh, I guess mom's out, you know, <laughs> I don't know where she went. <laughs> I think everyone's like getting totally learning distracting this. to me. I it is. It's so it. distracting. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Little silver linings. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yep. I love oh, it. Oh my goodness. So why I said I've been wanting to pull you on forever because you have been this amazing, I want to like put you in different clients' hands on You've had your food world turned upside down over the uh, last yes. couple of years. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> and I feel like you've handled it so gracefully and so optimistically. And so I'm going to let you talk on, or your thank you for talking on why your food world got turned upside down. And we'll kind of dive into why I think that you've been so amazing with it. Okay. Um, I guess it all started, I don't know, probably a good two, two and a half years ago. Now I was starting to just notice some difference in bowel habits and bloating and gas and things like that. And at first I tried to kind of self analyze all of that. So I thought, you know what, maybe I have a dairy allergy that I've always had trouble if I had a lot of dairy at night. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, 
you know, maybe I'll try cutting out dairy as much as I can and see if that makes a difference. And it did. It it didn't fix everything, but it definitely helped a little bit. So I thought, okay, this is, I'm on the right track. And then I thought, well, maybe I could cut out gluten. Oh, I know what it was. I actually cut out gluten for a week as part of a challenge um, book club thing that I was doing. Oh yeah. And that seemed to make a difference. So the dairy was kind of leading to the gas. The gluten was um, leading to the bloating. And when I cut both of those things out together, I definitely noticed a difference. It wasn't fixing everything, but mm-hmm. it was making an impact. So then um, you would actually recommended the uh, functional medicine place near your Montgomery house because they do the food and allergy testing with that. So I ended up going down there and kind of going through my whole history with them. And they did a huge food scan that shows both um, things that you are, it wasn't really an allergy test. It was more of a food sensitivity test. So, um, and it broke it into two categories. Some things, the one category were things that you were like always going to be sensitive to for the rest of your life. And the other things were things that were like leaking through into your bloodstream Mm -hmm. because of um, things kind of similar. People have talked about like the leaky gut syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, And that's kind of what they classify that as. But um, those things, as they leak into your bloodstream, cause the issues with the idea that if you could get that healed up, then some of those things could be introduced back in. So my initial blood work showed that really the dairy was pretty much the only thing on there that was like, this is always going to be out. Like that was really, really high on both of those charts and wasn't looking like something I was going to be able to bring back in, but the rest of the things were on the other side. So things like the gluten. So I was right on both the dairy and the gluten, but then I also found out that all beef products, which actually beef is the only meat that I seem to have issues Mm. with. So that's actually, that's not so bad. Um, but eggs and then a couple, like some other random things within their radishes, which I don't know that I've ever even had a radish. (laughs) So that wasn't a problem. On that first piece that I went through, it didn't say anything about coffee or um, wine was still okay. Obviously, beer has the wheat in it, so that's a gluten piece. But anyway, so basically from that, I am now living gluten, dairy, egg free. So I kind of think of it like when I go shopping, I kind of think in terms of vegan because that knocks out the dairy and the egg, but Mm -hmm. knowing that I can still have the meat part of it. I know that seems kind of strange, but no, it's hard, hard it to get seems... the egg out. Otherwise, egg is actually probably the hardest thing to find products without. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there that's marketed for the gluten-free and that's getting better and better. Even at like our regular grocery store, I used to have to go to the health stores a lot for that. Um, so that all makes a huge, huge difference for me. It still isn't a total fix. So I have gone through some other um, like Western medicine testing mm-hmm. as well. I've had a colonoscopy and an endoscopy and I would have expected them to find things on the colonoscopy side, not the endoscopy side. And the colonoscopy came back pretty much totally fine. And the endoscopy shows that I have acid reflux pretty severely. So, and I wasn't experiencing the symptoms that you would expect from that, but the doctor said that that can also lead to colon issues and other things as well. So it's all tied together. And one of the, I think it was the functional brain or no, the broken brain, his podcast talked one time about how it being like all of our bodies have like a weak link in our chain somewhere Mm -hmm. and that it's probably always been an issue. And it's not until that chain breaks that you start to notice the symptoms, you know, kind of comes together. And I definitely feel like I'm in a position where I know how to control it. 
Mm-hmm. I am yet to figure out how to fix it, but food has definitely been my best method of defense. So <laughs> things that I'm taking out of this process is one word that's coming to my head because I feel like a lot of times when somebody's starting to go through this, the amount of time that you're mentioning that it has taken to get to this point of saying like, I have it under control, but it's still not even fixed. There's been a lot of patience in your process. Oh uh, yes. Patience and money Yes, and appointment times and stuff like that too. The nice thing about the food sensitivity test is it allows you, it's still like a six week turnaround on getting that information back, but it's a whole lot better than trying to do like a elimination diet and then entering in one thing at a time. When I see how many things my body is rejecting an elimination diet would not have gotten me anywhere quickly. That would have been miserable. So to have, for me, the knowledge is power on that, to know what it is that's bothering me and looking for ways to get around that has definitely been a huge motivation for wanting to avoid them as much as possible. And every once in a while, I let myself have one of those things. And in the moment, it tastes really good. Mm -hmm. And then later, I totally regret it and think, what in the world was I thinking? And a month later, I forget that I was miserable (laughs) the next day and I eat it again. Maybe not a month later, probably like once every three months, I'll have like Jets pizza or something. Yeah. And (laughs) you're like, "Mm -mm, not worth it. It almost is not worth it. And I'm getting better and better at finding things that really are satisfying, like those comfort food. Every week, I feel like I find a new, or maybe not every week, but on a regular basis, I'm finding another new product that opens up a whole nother world of options for oh my me. Goodness. And luckily I'm not a picky eater. You know, I, I like pretty much anything that's fixed and put in front of me. So the hard part is quick stuff. Right. So, and especially like going out to eat with friends or like, especially restaurants are not so bad. Most restaurants are do a pretty good job of providing options, but like fast food type stuff is really, really tricky. So aside from like Chick-fil-A and Chipotle, I have to avoid fast food pretty much altogether. Right. Which is so hard. And then you think social situations was the other thing that comes to my mind that you get thrown into a lot of social situations. And sometimes you're really good about like handling the things that you don't even have a ton of control over. Talk on that for a second. Like, because you know what you can and can't have at this point, you're what just picking and putting things together that you visually see that you know you can tolerate? Like how do you do that? Yeah. So like it's something like the hardest ones I would say would be when you're at something like a potluck type setting where you're totally out of control on knowing what people used ingredient wise. Um, So a lot of times if I'm going to something like that, like when we did our last small group, I normally would just kind of eat before we went. Or if it was, if I knew what the theme was for the night, I would make sure that whatever I was bringing that night was something that I knew I was going to be able to eat. That That's the easiest way to do that way. Like when it comes to going out to eat, a lot of times I look at the restaurant menu or make phone calls ahead of time to figure out what their options are so that I can make those decisions quickly when I'm there and not feel like I have to be the one at the table. It's like, um, I need a gluten-free menu and can you leave the butter off? And cause I don't like going out to eat with those people. So yeah. I don't want to be one of those people. Yeah. No, I love that you're bringing that up because I don't care if it's with food sensitivities or if it's within weight loss or whatnot. A lot of times that's a big barrier for people is taking the time to make all those little changes, like you said, so to look it up ahead of time so you know how to quickly order that, that's a barrier breaker for you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say the um, other huge motivator with all of that is when I am really good at making all of those choices 
like I immediately dropped like 20 pounds at the start of all of that, not because I was eating less in quantity, but I think, and I really don't even think that a lot of that was fat. I think it was like inflammation, you know, I feel like it, yeah, it's, it's a totally different type of weight gain that came with that. And I was, you know, I've always sat within about a 10 pound you know, area when I'm up, I'm at the high end of that 10 pounds. And you know what I mean? Right, like sure. all of a sudden I was like 20 pounds over where I would typically sit and you're going, what right. in the world? And then like every day I got on the scale, it was like coming home after you have a baby and it just kept coming off. I'm like, okay, like yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge like benefit. And it's tell you the be- one benefit that I see as, and we've said it here and there is the whole like a because you're always cooking out of your own kitchen, it automatically puts healthier foods in front of you typically. And then the nibbles, the things were when we were in that social setting and we're nibbling. Oh yeah, I can't chips. eat the other stuff that's out. Mm-mm. Right, because there's reprimand behind it if you do. Right, yo, it does make okay. it. A whole, and like the staff lounge at school, like on Mondays, a lot of times it's filled with people's like leftover party things, like desserts and all kinds of fun, yummy stuff. I can't go after any of that. It really curbs all of those calories that you're like, why did I just eat that? Like I wasn't even hungry for that. Right. And the other piece that's really helpful is because mom is a wine lugging vegan with seafood <laughs> exceptions. <laughs> She's constantly playing with recipes and willing to try new things and share things out. And that really is motivating as well. Right. So a huge support system that's like right in your back pocket. Yes, but I do have like, I have friends all the time that are like, I don't know how you do it. Like if I were in your case, I would be in really big trouble because they're not, they are picky eaters and they're not mm-hmm. willing to go to the extra length on the cooking. And I'm like, I don't know. I think, I think if you were in this situation, you would do it. It's different when you, you have to fight it for such it. An impact on the way that you feel. Yes. Um, it's totally different than a diet mentality. Right. Again, when there's reprimand behind it. Right. And it's not like I'm eating less. I'm just eating different. Yes. Which is really hard though, especially, you know, as a 40, are you 41, 41 year old? No, I'm just 42 on Sunday. (laughs) No, yeah, it's your birthday's this week coming up. I don't want to like negate all the amazingness that you're doing either, because I don't think everyone could rock it how you are. But I do think if people could get more in your mentality of, this is about me feeling good. It has nothing to do with weight loss. That was a side item benefit. Right. And, and the other thing that I really want to talk on is, is support systems because yes, you do have a mom who is on board and willing to do recipes and stuff like that with you. And your family's amazing. Your husband's so supportive. Your kids have jumped on board, but talk about like externally too. Cause I think that one of the number one things with some of my clients is like, they feel like they're going strong on something. And then some, the social world is a little bit hard. Like not everybody's supportive or they give you a hard time or. They do. I really struggled with that originally. My, both of my brother-in-laws on Ethan's side called all of my. We didn't have to name my, names. Huh? <laughs> I said we didn't have to name names. But it's not Nick. <laughs> um, but they both like considered all of my functional medicine, like feedback and experiences to be a type of like witchcraft, you know, they're jokingly, but like they would put it in the same category as like the, the oils and everything else right now. And kind of thought I was crazy, even though I had on paper, like test results that were showing like, look, these foods really are a problem for me. And the amount of times that my principal has offered me pizza on the birthday lunch days, I'm like, man, if I'm telling you, if I eat the pizza, (laughs) I'm going home. So 
<laughs> yeah, you Here's choose. your choice. <laughs> but every three weeks, you know, I have that put in front of me and, you know, I just smile and say, no, thank you. But <laughs> so do um, you feel like it's gotten easier? Like, is that a time thing? What do other people have to, do they just have to hang in there until they feel confident enough or good enough with their choice? Yes. Yes. And I will say the people that I'm close with and that I am with at meal times on a regular basis have all really jumped on board. Like even to the point where at school, um, one of the girls that I work with had brought like a fun little candy in for everybody one day during a stressful week. And she went and got me a kind bar because she knew that I could have the kind bar and wasn't going to be able to have one of the other kind of candy bars or a good, my good friend, Heather, when we go out to eat, she's always conscious of making sure that we pick a restaurant that has friendly options. My sister-in-law was so cute. The last time we did a birthday party at her house, she ordered not only the pizza for the whole group, but found out what I needed on my gluten-free crust so that I could do my order separately. So yes. Yeah. So you're getting some really fun, like pleasant surprises too. Right. There's the hard and there's the, I don't feel like people like go out of their way to like special things, except for Kevin and Jan. They are phenomenal. You know, we just spent a week down there in Florida and I was able to participate in all meals. I was ready to go to Sam's or whatever and just buy a bunch of veggie burgers so that I could have that when everybody else was eating other things. And they were totally prepped and ready to go. And we we did go grocery shopping together too. They already had the kind of butter that I like to use. And we were making things with gluten-free flour. And Kevin experimented with crushing up um, Rice Krispie treats to use instead of panko crumbs and they were actually phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're, you carry that out like, of there trick. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you took that with you, didn't you? Yes. As far because as it's cheap. And, the, and then we found while we were out together, a substitute for the eggs, because there, I, up to this point, I have not found a good egg substitute. All of the egg beaters and stuff like that is all still made with egg whites. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you get the egg substitutes, it's a powdery substance, almost like a cornstarch. Mm-hmm mix with water to put into something to help give it that elasticity. And I have not had good luck with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But now there is a product called Just Egg that looks kind of like a egg that you've beaten up. Um, It comes in a bottle like salad dressing. You're supposed to be able to scramble it. I did try scrambling it. It was not the best flavor. (laughs) If you added a bunch of like Hmm. vegan cheese maybe I don't know (laughs) every time I think of vegan cheese now I laugh because I have to tell this you do this was funny (laughs) (laughs) so when we were down at Kevin and Jan's I had my gluten-free chips and normally the brand of cheese I get they didn't have so they got a different kind of the vegan cheese and I got it out and I sprinkled it on my chips and I was gonna melt it on there and for whatever reason this cheese smelled like rotten eggs. I mean, I think it was after you melted it. (laughs) I think it was before. It was bad. So Lindsay comes in and is like sniffing the acorn, what were those? Acorn squash. (laughs) That's where the smell was coming from. And then one by one, as everybody came into the kitchen, they're like looking around and kind of sniffing like, what is that smell? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Everyone was like, woo. (laughs) (laughs) And I promise you not all vegan cheese smells like that. My pepper shack. I think it's Daye. I don't know how you pronounce the name, but that cheese does not smell like that. And I use that 
all the time at home. But anyway, <laughs> back to the egg. It tasted fine though. Before we move oh. on, that was the weird part. Like your nachos tasted great. The smell was yeah. weird, but the nachos were good. Yeah. But I wouldn't buy that cheese for that reason again. And especially if you had people over, that would be horrible. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was awesome. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> the egg product, the just egg, is meant to be scrambled and used that way. But I have now tried it in baking and stuff, and it is working just fine as a substitute there. So the the true test is when mom makes my key lime pie for my birthday that we have to use gluten-free graham crackers, uh, vegan butter, and now this just egg, and then a coconut condensed milk instead of the regular condensed milk. We're going to see how just how close we can come. Oh, I love it. You're going to have to tell me. That would be amazing yeah. if you could get that enough to yes. taste. Yes, we'll just, see. Can you walk everyone through, because like you said, you can find more stuff at a similar store now, but I remember you going on like a website called brandless.com, I want to yes. say. Yes. So I have experimented with a couple of different websites. Um, that one, I, I definitely like that one. I would recommend it. It's called brandlist.com. And you can go in and uh, set up like a profile and tell it what kind of products you need, whether it's vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, dairy-free, um, egg-free, nut-free, things like that. Because the other problem in the vegan world is that a lot of stuff is made with nuts. So if you have a nut allergy at right. all, you're in big Hard. trouble. And so I even have to be careful with that. Like when I'm baking for my kids, because my son has a tree nut allergy. So my butter that I like to bake with has cashews in it. So, and he can tell that, I mean, it doesn't send him to the hospital, but his belly definitely hurts if he eats something with that. But anyway, yeah, the brand list, you can order all kinds of products through them and have those come straight to your door. And that, especially when you're first getting started to know that you have easy grabs in your house right was huge yeah I remember feeling like you had go to like if you didn't have time to get creative if you didn't have time to look into something you knew certain things that you could always go to right and the other piece that's nice is I feel like there are a lot more even like the microwavable dinners now that are more in that organic vegan vegetarian all of that category mm -hmm. um that definitely help too. The downside to those is now your sodium is high. And the other piece that can be high on a lot of those are sugar, which sugar is another thing I have issues with. I didn't mention that earlier. Also <laughs> challenging. Very challenging. <laughs> yes. So that would probably be the one I cheat on the most because it's sure. just not a real, like a realistic thing to stay under. But Right. And I don't feel like you get as bad of issues from it. It's not as like... No, unless, but like last week I did cookies. Kennedy, I made two batches of cookies and all with ingredients that I can have. The only thing I didn't substitute out was any sugar because I don't do well with the fake sugars. And I could definitely tell that I had had more sugar than what I would normally eat. So it definitely is still a, a factor for right. me. You cannot um, not care yeah. about it. Yes. Shopping wise. Yeah, I definitely started out initially at places like Jungle Gyms, which is a huge market in our area that has uh, a little bit of everything. And then places like Whole Foods and Fresh Market were definitely my go-to things at first. But now I'm finding that like Kroger and Costco are definitely carrying more than enough products. Costco is awesome with their mm. options, especially in the frozen and then like things like chips and different things like that, that they have that are gluten-free. So That's if awesome I was to totally hear. meatless, it would be a different story. It does help being able to have the meat piece in there. 
Sure. I feel like this is where like anybody who's trying to make huge food changes though, I love how you were able to clump it into kind of an initial thought. Like I'll go vegan and add this back in or like how mom is like, right. I'm going to go vegan, but I'm going to give myself grace and eat fish because I still think it's healthy for me. You right. know, like, right. And I wouldn't consider myself a vegan at all, except that I, that's the easiest way to look at like product labels on yeah. food because that's what it tells you. That's how I know for sure the egg is not in there. And I guess I use that more in a restaurant if it's a packaged food and I can see the ingredients. Right. Most things are really good about saying if it has anything that is egg, soy, wheat, milk, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, oh, hidden things. Uh, well, like I, and some of it's just my own ignorance. I did not realize that pesto had Parmesan cheese in it. I had never made pesto from scratch. So here I thought I was being good at rapid fire pizza with my gluten-free crust, no cheese and all my fun toppings and then drizzling pesto all over it only mm -hmm. to find out that I had been <laughs> self-sabotaging. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, but that's the thing. It's been learning the whole time. It's trial and error, right? Yeah. Two and a half years of, and I'm still learning, you know, and I'll like this summer, I'll find a way to make my own pesto that doesn't have cheese and right. I'll be able to put that back in there. Are you keeping a running list of things that you are like noted? I want to make sure I get back to that at some point. I need to figure that out. I missed that in my life. Not as well as I should, but I do have like a bank of recipes that we use a lot that I really like. And I utilize Pinterest for kind of tracking all of that stuff as well. I have a whole page on there. That's just all of my gluten-free, dairy-free type stuff. Okay. Which kind of would go into my next question. Cause I feel like when mom started all the vegan stuff, she started a whole new recipe box for herself, right? Because that was easier to do that than sorting. So you kind of have done that, but you're a little more virtual with it. You do more of like a Pinterest page. Yes. I mean, I probably have five or six of our go-to recipes printed out on paper that are in a box somewhere. Like on our, <laughs> They're kind of tucked in with like the mail and stuff like that, yeah. but I know how to get to them. <laughs> yes. Well, and everyone's um, going to be different on that of just what they're used to looking for. Right. But and just, I'm not a huge recipe person. Like I, Once I kind of get an idea of something that I like, then I play with that on my own anyway. Um, I think the big thing though would be remembering that you loved it. You're good about taking pictures too. I would need some visual to be remember. Like I need yes, to go back. I had to that. started. I, I forgot about this. I had started like an online, like a notebook app on my phone initially, mm. where I was taking pictures and writing everything down. And then I got away from that. It would probably be a smart thing to get back to because it would be nice to be able to share that out with other people as yeah. well. But. I have sent you pictures several times and some other people, like just pictures of products that I have in my house. You know, if you're going to the grocery store, these are some of my favorites because it's kind of an expensive trial and error. Yes. And I did find a bakery that I love not too far from our house that does everything gluten-free and vegan. She is amazing. And even though her muffins are like four fifty a piece, it's totally worth it because worth it. you can't make them for a whole lot less. And half the time you end up trashing it because they don't taste good. So right. I'm totally willing to go let her work her magic in the kitchen and I'll go stock up on some things, fun treats like that. And then I just cut them in half and put them in the freezer and I can pull them out here and there, especially like if we're doing like donuts and bagels at school, yes. then I'll bring one of those muffins with me. So that, that way I am able to participate, but stay within my boundaries. I love that. No deprivation. You've figured it out. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. That's so good. So if you were to take 
So let's just say that somebody else just embarked on the same journey that you just went through and you were able to wrap your arms around them and, and walk them through the process and give them hope. Can you kind of walk us through a step-by-step process that you would take them through? Hmm. Um, I definitely think it was helpful to have when I first went and had the food sensitivity testing done, they immediately set me up with a dietitian that was within that same practice mm-hmm. who gave me uh, very specific printouts of the foods that I could have, what I could not have, and easy substitutes for those things that I at least had a jumping off point. Yes. And, you know, that gave me an idea of what those things look like. Um, and then obviously you've been a huge help in directing me to different resources as well, but it's amazing what's online. You know, I feel like you can find so much so quick if you're willing to just do a little investigative research. And because of even um, keto stuff and even like the paleo, like a lot of those recipes fit a lot of those same things that I'm looking at so that I can grab a recipe off of that and then just tweak one or two things. You know, maybe I can't have the milk, but I can substitute in my coconut milk. So I guess probably my biggest takeaway would be finding replacements for your staples within your house. You know, I switched to almond and coconut milk instead of my regular milk. That was an easy switch. I'm not drinking a big old glass of it, but it works fine uh, in a smoothie, in my mashed potatoes and things like that found butters that I like, found cheeses, uh, flour, those kinds of things. If you can replace the staples in your house so that you have that in addition to your fresh, you know, your fresh produce and all that kind of stuff doesn't have to change. So that's nice. Right. That that was probably jumping off point number one. I love Um, that. That's great advice. Right. And then just trying new places too, like different grocery stores have different things. And mom and I have found that every time we go to Whole Foods together, we end up talking to half of the people that are in there because everybody that's in our scenario wants to share the stuff that they've come up with too, because it is a challenge to find it. So when you find things, you want to tell other people about it. Like yesterday I was at Fresh Market and they had my just ranch, which I haven't been able to find in a while, and the just egg. And I was telling the cashier, like, what a great product it was. Even though she worked there, she hadn't used that before and didn't know why I was so excited. Right. About it. I found so it. I filled her in. <laughs> so finding staples and then adventuring, I'm hearing, like, get out of your normal routine, go try different yeah. stores. Yes. You know, and the other big thing is I think that you have to just find new things that you like instead of trying to find a substitute for what you're missing. Like there is not a gluten-free pizza that is going to take the place of my deep pan crust (laughs) Jets pizza. It doesn't exist. There is gluten-free pizza, but it's not the same. You like you're, if you're going after it, trying to find something that's going to taste exactly like what you're missing, then you end up disappointed every time. So you just have to find new loves. (laughs) Yeah. I, yes. Get out of the hole trying to replace every second. I found that in weight loss too, that when I worked at the center, a lot of our patients would try to replace cookies and replace cakes. And, and I'm like, man, instead of spending all that time and energy in that, like, figure out that new fun dinner recipe that you're drooling over because you love it. Right. And And I have several recipes that even Ethan asks me to repeat. 
So right, you that, know you're on the right track. Volumes because he's a picky eater. He is asking better. for my cashew chicken and things like that. Like you know that it's good. <laughs> yes, I think that's really fun too. When your changes get to pull other people along in a fun, positive right? And way. the kids, I don't know that they. Kennedy's really good. She'll eat all of my gluten-free. She also likes to look up recipes and tries to find things that she can make for me that would be safe for me to eat, which is really sweet. so sweet. Oh, yes. Brayden just wants to make sure I didn't use my vegan butter in his cookies, but (laughs) (laughs) he just wants to make sure he's going to be okay. You're not trying to kill him off slowly. So, so to the person, like if you were a helpline and somebody is going through all these steps and then they're still backsliding and they're going through the trial and error process, like your constant advice to them, is it just hang in there? Like get, just keep trying because it gets easier. It, yes. Yeah, it definitely gets easier. It, it definitely takes a long time. It's not going to be a quick fix. So you have to really look at little small changes along the way. I think for me, um, those small changes play into bowel habits, which I won't go into those details, but <laughs> Thank you. you know, I can tell, but the problem is like, it's usually three days later. So knowing that I can make a change today and I may not see the positive or the negative side effect to that for two or three days just plays into that whole length of time. Like I know that I'm going to have to try things for a while in order to really notice a big difference. And I think with food, it takes so long to get some of those things out of your body completely that even while you're being good, you're not going to see the huge changes until a couple of weeks, maybe even a month later that you've had that out of there long-term. So being willing to kind of go at it, look at it from more of like a six month standpoint instead of a month standpoint and then just be happy with anything that comes up as a positive along the way. Can't promise the weight loss thing, but that really did make a big difference. Yes. I Do have, we have somebody I who have wants a to creeper say that just came? Uh, no, that they're allowed to say <laughs> hi. Which one? Which one of my buddies? <laughs> oh, you're allowed to come say hi, creeper. Oh, he's looking for scissors. It's okay. Go on. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, here he comes. <laughs> hi Braden. See, I love this. In that white basket. I'm leaving this all in there. This is not getting edited out because (laughs) this is our lives right now. Like there is no to like sneak off. Thank you for carving out time today, Kim. Because I just feel like it's really hard to find time right now. And this is everyone's life that we're living in. Right. Got to enjoy it. (laughs) And I'm I'm really glad that I like my family as much as I do. You know, I keep watching all of these people make posts about how their family is driving them nuts. And I'm kind of enjoying our secluded little corner of the world. Yeah. (laughs) I hear you. I know it's this forced. And again, I keep saying this every time I talk about it, that we're not being like negligent against other people's hardships right now. That is not the point. No, I know we have said multiple times how blessed we are that both of our jobs can be something that are manageable from home. Um, And the fact that we both have, well, both of us that have jobs that keep going that we can do from home. And also that I have children that are self-sufficient and able to self-manage their tasks while I'm trying to yes get my work done as well. And the fact that we do like hanging out together right. as a family, um, all of I, that together is a huge, huge blessing right now because we, we are not experiencing the stress 
that I know a lot of other families are biggest issues right now are the fact that our kids want to be able to play with their friends in the camp. <laughs> right. Right. It was funny. I was taking a walk in our neighborhood and I stopped with a puppy to play. And the one neighbor was like, Oh, they have smaller kids. And I said, I was off to monopoly land. And she goes, I would do anything to have kids in an age right now where we could sit down and play board games versus Aww. just trying to like self-entertain a toddler type thing. Right. And I'm like, I do. I feel so blessed. And I think just to to all the listeners out there too, like finding those silver linings of things that are working so well. Right. And your- even school wise, we're at a point in the school year where most of the curriculum has been taught. You know, this is a, a bigger review time. Normally a lot of fourth quarter is spent test prep type work and even taking tests. And now that those tests have been taken off the table, that relieves a lot of pressure and weight on the students and the teachers and the families helps a lot too. If this was at the start of the school year, I think that this would be a much more intense time. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Ah. So I think that we've successfully done this without our children burning down our houses. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no fires. <laughs> we should probably start to wrap up and check on the outside. <laughs> so any last minute tidbits that you feel like I've missed? Mm, I don't think so. I, I would say I do think that like whether people are having food issues or, you know, health issues or not, it is amazing how a couple of changes in your diet not to cut calories necessarily or to cut fat, but just types of food. It is amazing how quickly that can change the way that you feel in a day or how much you bloat in your belly or um, that it, it's worth trying some of those things even just to see how it affects you. Right. Like get out of the stuck mindset and be willing to just ch- change it up here and there, not a whole overall right. initially. Right. You can kind of ease in, like you said, take one thing out to start. Well, and even little tiny things, like we have found a spreadable butter that's actually an avocado-based butter now that my whole family uses. And that's the butter that Kevin and Jan have when we were down there. And they they now use that as their regular butter too. It tastes great. You know, it's, it tastes just like regular butter. And now that's one dairy, that's one less dairy thing that's in the mix, you know, right. and Kenneth likes my coconut I can't think of what they're called right now, but anyway, it's a coconut based yogurt and she loves that. So that's one less dairy thing that's in her little world right now. Right. Well, and everything just FYI on this too, like these are all supplemented calciums put back into all these products if it doesn't absolutely, I believe. So like, as we're saying, dairy's coming out, that doesn't mean. Right. And I am a big, I am a firm believer. Like I am on two different types of probiotics and, um, you know, vitamin, a couple of different types of vitamins. I look like a little grandma every morning when I have to <laughs> get my pills out. I have a little pill container and yes. <laughs> I set that up every week. And it reminds me of spending the night at my mom and papa's and having <laughs> breakfast with them when all the pills came out in the morning, except that mine are all, you know, at least they're vitamins and probiotics and not all actually. Right. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> But good job having it in a vitamin box like that or like in a pill box because that's another little tool that you've done for yourself. Oh, absolutely. I do the same thing with my kids' allergy medicine because then I can tell I'm out of the house before they take their medicine in the morning. And that way we know, did you take it? Did you not? You know, do I need to give it to you now or it's just, it's helpful. It's you're a full-time working mama. And I feel like that really makes you so efficient. 
with everything because some things <laughs> I think I everything. <laughs> I think you are on top of your game. <laughs> I love you and thank you so much love for joining too. me today. Absolutely. All right. We'll pull you back on. I, 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 I will try not to weekly. Right now I'm like, ah, podcast. <laughs> yes. I'm, yeah. Anytime. I, I won't use and abuse you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Love you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you could picture that exact person that needed this, I am always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2019 the year we are going to just pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also forever appreciate when you leave reviews on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open to new information, keeping an open mind to what your journey looks like now, within a year, within the next five years, slow and steady, y'all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting, but a much gentler, redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all of your years for every season of life. I cannot wait to catch up next Friday. Cheers to health and happiness.